Hello, welcome to the Well Preach for Food podcast. I'm Doug, pastor here at Faith Lutheran Church. We're based out of Shelton, Washington, a spirit-led, affirming, beloved congregation of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. We're growing to, growing closer to and more like Jesus for the sake of the world. You can learn more about faith at our website, www.faithshelton.org. Bienvenidos a casa. Welcome home. It's really good to be home, literally. Brendan and I just returned last night from a couple weeks in Costa Rica, a trip that included a week spent with Nicaraguan and and Venezuelan refugees. We were part of a mission team that worked with an organization called Corner of Love. Today's message, today's podcast, I'll share some stories from that our experience down there and how these stories intersect with a story from the Gospel of Mark, the sixth chapter, a troubling story of corruption and murder. The bottom line of today's podcast is love, the amazing love of Jesus for us and the call for, from Jesus for us to love others. And more than anything, I hope this podcast brings you encouragement and hope, no matter where you find yourself these days. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. So pull out your Bibles. Uh, We're going to read from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 6, beginning at the 12th verse. Mark, chapter 6, verse 12. We're going to hear the story of a political imprisonment and assassination of John the Baptist, Jesus' very own cousin. This story is PG-13 stuff, but provides important context for Jesus' life and ministry and for the gospel message for each one of us today. We read from Mark chapter 6. It says that the disciples of Jesus went out and preached that the people should repent. They drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. King Herod heard about this, for Jesus' name had become well known. Some were saying John the Baptist had been raised from the dead, and that is why miraculous powers are at work in him. Others said he's Elijah. Still others claimed he's a prophet, like one of the prophets of long ago. But when Herod heard this, he said, John, whom I beheaded, has been raised from the dead. For Herod himself had given orders to have John arrested. And he had him bound and put in prison. He did this because of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, whom he had married. For John had been saying to Herod, It's not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. So Herodias nursed a grudge against John, wanted to kill him. But she was not able to, because Herod feared John and protected him, knowing him to be a righteous and holy man. When Herod heard John, he was greatly puzzled, yet liked to listen to him. And finally, the opportune time came. On his birthday, Herod gave a banquet for his high officials and military commanders and the leading men of Galilee. When the daughter of Herodias came in and danced, she pleased Herod and his dinner guests. The king said to the girl, ask me for anything you want and I'll give it to you. And he promised her with an oath, whatever you ask, I will give you up to half my kingdom. She went out and said to her mother, what shall I ask for? The head of John the Baptist, she answered. At once the girl hurried to the king with the request, I want you to give me right now the head of John the Baptist on a platter. The king was greatly distressed, but because of his oaths and his dinner guests, he did not want to refuse her, so he immediately sent an executioner with orders to bring John's head. 
The men went, beheaded John in the prison, and brought back his head on a platter. He presented it to the girl. She gave it to her mother. On hearing this, John's disciples came and took his body and laid it in a tomb. This is the gospel of the Lord. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So last month, June 23rd through the 30th, uh, 12 human beings and three piggies from here at Faith were part of a ministry to serve Nicaraguan and Venezuelan refugees in northern Costa Rica. Over the course of five days, we met and listened to maybe 300 refugees. Each day, a bus would arrive from San Jose, Costa Rica, five hours to the south, filled with displaced families. Corner of Love, a mission founded by Nelson and Tanya Amador 20 years ago, screened the participants, arranged the transportation, and we provided them with some medicine, some clothing, a bag of food staples, a hot meal, and a chance for them to tell their stories before piling back into the bus for a five-hour ride back to their shacks, tents, and temporary shelters in and around San Jose. One day, with my very limited Spanish, I met a young single mother named Elizabeth and her two kids. Jacob was six and Katie was eight. Yes, those are her, their real names. As I fumbled explaining that I was learning Spanish, Katie, the eight-year-old, told me that she was learning English. I challenged her to count to 20, and she dove right in. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. And she grimaced, struggling to remember the next number. Twelve, I said. Twelve, she continued. Thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, all the way to twenty. She was a smart, strong young girl. She reminds me of my own daughter, I told the proud mother. I also met Raul, who had once run for mayor in his hometown. I met Manuel, who showed me pictures of the print shop he had to leave behind in Nicaragua. After years of being exiled from his home, Tito was a handsome and charismatic young man thinking about going to the United States to make a better life for himself and his girlfriend. Francisco was a PhD advisor who was teased by his mother for using big words all the time. Angela was a young grandmother. She was there with two of her children and, and one precocious three-year-old granddaughter named Angelica. At one point, the girl's mother teased that maybe they would take the supplies with them on the bus and leave the little girl with us. The little girl frowned. We all laughed. A while later, I was helping in the pharmacy when I saw the paperwork for Angela's family. Give this family a double portion of supplies, we were told. Angela's husband, her brother, and her father had all been killed by Sandinista soldiers last year. This family was in even more need than many of the others. Well into the 20th century, the United States had propped up a variety of dictators in Central America, including Noriega in Panama and Somoza in Nicaragua. In the 70s and 80s, the Sandinistas began as a popular Marxist uprising with support from many Christian groups as well. Daniel Ortega, 
led the overthrow of Somoza, and landowners, including Don Alberto Amador, were stripped of their property, and many citizens, including Alberto's son, Nelson, were forced to leave the country. Meanwhile, hopes for a free and democratic government were quickly dashed as Ortega and the Sandinistas revealed themselves to be no different from the previous dictators. The lands seized in the name of the people were promptly claimed by the government, and Nicaragua became a nation poorer than before, overrun with drug trafficking and government oppression. Around 2000, Nelson and his American wife, Tanya, began organizing trips back to his hometown of San Ramon, Nicaragua, to provide neighbors with things like clean water, shoes, and basic medical care to the people still living in that region. And over the next two decades, this this mission, Corner of Love, they called it, Esquina de Amor, would serve literally hundreds of thousands of Nicaraguans. In 2018, as Corner of Love was expanding its mission to include things like vocational and leadership training and legal aid centers, Managua once again erupted in violence as student protesters of the Ortega administration were gunned down in the streets by Sandinista troops. Once again, hundreds of thousands of Nicaraguans were forced to flee, to leave their homes and their families and their livelihoods. Once again, Nelson Amador was exiled from his home. But always with a heart and a call to serve their neighbors, Nelson and Tanya relocated Corner of Love to La Cruz, Costa Rica, to aid Nicaraguans at the border in exile, to give them medicine and hope and a chance to tell their stories. Well, things have even gotten worse in the last two months as Ortega has been arresting and putting in jail everyone who announces their intention to oppose him in November's upcoming election. Several of these opposition candidates are dear friends of the Amadors. We've known the Amadors for 20 years now. They are some of the sweetest people we know, and it is so hard for them, they said, not to lose heart. Yet by the grace and power of God, they persevere in their work. (laughs) Tanya and Nelson are two of the most remarkable people I know. There was another fellow, Juan Baptista. He voiced criticism of the government and was promptly thrown in jail. Despite efforts of his friends and family to have him released, the corrupt ruler had him executed. It was kind of a cruel party trick. His head literally delivered on a platter. Juan Bautista, John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin. What it must be like to have family members murdered by people in power. Remember Angela, that young grandmother, the next time I saw her, I, I went to her, I put my hands over my heart And they said, lo siento, senora, I'm so sorry. Mi corazón, my heart, my heart for you. The anger, the grief, the sadness. There's no time even to deal with that because you have kids and grandkids to take care of and you have to find shelter and food in a foreign land. You just have to survive. What this perspective means for us as we read the Gospels and we recognize that Jesus, Jesus, 
is a political refugee. He doesn't stay in one place very long. He can't stay in place for very long. Or the authorities will hunt him down just as they hunted down his cousin Juan and threw him in jail, chopped off his head just for fun. What do you even do with that? The way Matthew and Mark tell the story, when Jesus, when Jesus gets word of John's death, he takes his disciples off to a quiet place to get some rest. But sure enough, a crowd forms, fellow refugees. And Jesus goes back to teaching and healing. And when the crowd gets hungry, Jesus multiplies five loaves and two fish into a feast big enough to feed 5,000 or more neighbors and relatives and fellow refugees. This one is for you, Juan. The Gospel of Luke says that when the, fi- the authorities finally do arrest Jesus in Jerusalem a few months later, he's brought before King Herod, the same man who had killed his cousin and countless other neighbors and relatives. Luke 21.9 says that Herod, quote, plied him with many questions, but Jesus gave him no answer. Do you suppose Herod poked Jesus with questions about his cousin, recounted the grisly details hoping to get a rise out of him, threatened Jesus with what Herod would do to the rest of his family, his mother, Mary Magdalene, Peter and John and the others, and Jesus just stood there and took it. Later, to Pontius Pilate, he would explain that his kingdom was not like theirs. His kingdom was not a kingdom of power plays and politics, of prisons and persecutions. The kingdom of God was altogether different. Father, forgive them, he would finally utter on the cross, his execution, for they don't even know what they're doing. The Gospel of John describes Jesus' death this way. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The world hasn't changed much in 2,000 years. Powerful people, corrupt governments, political oppression, poverty, refugees, grief and loss, longing to go home. And the only remedy, the only hope for the world is the love of God demonstrated in Christ Jesus for the sake of the world. I'm grateful for the opportunity to have participated in this Corner of Love mission effort with my friends Nelson and Tanya and with the rest of the team from Faith, Pete and Jana and Vicky and the Piggies, Brenda and Eric and Anna, Connie and Jay, a couple of gals from Georgia, Mika and Alina, and Andrea and Jacob and Noah. Connie was tireless in pairing refugees with donated clothing that would fit and look good. The piggies brought smiles to the faces of children of all ages. Anna and the boys proved that Americans can play soccer too. Brenda lent her music and gracious presence each day. Eric made sure we all had enough water to drink. Andrea, Vicky, and Jay organized and ran the pharmacy. Nelson and Tanya told us later, uh, again and again, Brenda and I, that they were genuinely blown away by our group's willingness to work hard, to work together, and their hearts to serve. Our mission team's love encouraged Nelson and Tanya in their work. Thank you, team. We worked hard. 
We worshipped and ate and prayed together. Eric got stung by a ray in the ocean. I got to drive the Corner of Love pickup truck. I also came away with a heart to continue this partnership with Corner of Love. The integrity and compassion of Tanya and Nelson and the Corner of Love organization is compelling and it's contagious. Faith will send more groups down to Costa Rica in the future. And in the meantime, our group resolved to work on our Spanish. We're going to convene some Spanish-speaking conversation groups and maybe some Bible studies in Spanish. The refugees were grateful for our attempts to speak their language. While Spanish is not required to go on a Corner of Love mission trip, I and many of us want to get better at it. Maybe some of you do too. Of course, you don't have to go to Costa Rica to do mission, do you? This congregation also supports other foreign and domestic mission work, a school in the Dominican Republic. The Quilters with Lutheran World Relief, our disaster relief teams, Young Adults in Global Mission, Operation Christmas Child, World Vision, Waves of Change, just to name a few of our efforts. And mission happens right here in Shelton and in Mason County. We support and work with Community Lifeline, the Living Stones Prison Congregation, Saints Pantry, the Hospital Chaplains Program, and so much more. And did you know that Faith hosts a preschool and a Spanish-speaking Adventist mission congregation, and a Spanish-speaking AA group. Who knows, but that God is working to create a new Esquina de Amor, another corner of love, right here in our own neighborhood, right here at Faith, among our own Spanish-speaking hermanos y hermanas en Cristo. The world is beautiful and blessed. It is broken and beaten. No matter who you are, where you've been, or what you've done, you are created and loved by God. As the gospel story tells us today, Jesus knows your grief, your loss, your anger, your pain. You may be a refugee, but you are not alone and you are never forgotten. Your story matters. You are loved, held by God, and no power, no dictator or addiction can take away God's love for you. The Bible promises that long before God laid down the earth's foundation, God had you in mind and settled on you as the focus of God's love to be made whole and holy by his love. That's in Ephesians. Jesus laid down his own life for you to prove it, to show it. You matter that much to God and always will. I was reminded on this trip once again that we are all refugees. All of us are far from home. All of us grieve what we have lost and we long to know what home is again. We, uh, I was reminded that trying to align the Christian faith with a particular political regime or party or ideology, folks, it's never a good idea. It never works. My friends, Nelson and Tanya, reminded me once again that the best way to receive and experience and share the love of God is by loving others like Jesus did. You don't have to wait to go on a trip to feed the poor to speak the language, 
to listen to the stories of others, to welcome the stranger. This is the vision and mission of faith. This is the vision and mission of the people of Christ Jesus until one day when we all get off the bus and the risen Christ Jesus greets us in our own language, Bienvenidos a casa, mi amigos, he says. Welcome home, my friends. Oh, it's so good to be home. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. I hope you'll check out our website, www.faithshelton.org, for more about Corner of Love and our other ministries of faith. While you're at it, sign up for our weekly emails, like us on Facebook, subscribe to our Faith Worship Cafe on YouTube, subscribe to our pod, this podcast on, oh, any way you, you listen to podcasts. Thanks, Chaz and Emily, for your production work every week on this. And I'll leave you with a benediction, this palabra buena, <clears throat> this palabra buena, this good word. May God bless you and keep you. May God's face shine on you and be gracious to you. May God look upon you with favor and give you peace. May God show you the way to serve and love your neighbor to the glory of Christ Jesus. Amen.